Pushkin. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for business. Take your business further at tmobile.com/now. John Hyatt is a Nashville-based singer-songwriter whose songs have been covered by a wide range of popular artists, including Iggy Pop, Paula Abdul, and Jimmy Buffett. Hyatt signed his first record deal in 1974, and in the years since, he's released 24 albums. His latest, Leftover Feelings, he recorded with the Jerry Douglas Band. Douglas who's a famed producer and session musician, has won 14 Grammys for solo work and collaborations with a slew of successful musicians. He's also known as one of the foremost masters of the dobro, an instrument similar to the lap steel guitar. On today's episode, John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas performed three songs off their new album and talked to Bruce Hedlum about how they came together to record that album in the studio that's known as the birthplace of the Nashville sound. John Hyatt also explains how one of his new songs helped him forgive the horrific abuse he endured from his older brother when he was growing up. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Here's Bruce Hedlum with John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas. Tell me a bit about you hadn't worked together. I don't think you'd worked directly together before. How did it even come about that you were working together? Jerry, how in the hell did we wind up with each other? Well, we, we're both suddenly under the same managerial umbrella. 
our managers got together and talked and said, well, why don't those guys do a record together? They know each other. Why haven't they ever recorded together? And we actually have recorded together on uh, the second Circle Be Unbroken record. I was in the house band that played every day, and John came through with Roseanne Cash. Roseanne Cash, yeah, we, we did a song for that. And uh, Jerry was, yeah, Jerry played with everybody. Yeah, so we were we did do that, and we've known each other for a long time and had some great conversations. And I, when it came up, I thought, yeah, that'd be great, man. Who wouldn't want to do a record with John Hyatt anyway? So I felt the same way. I was excited about the ideas, idea of playing with, uh, you know, the man who uh, was the logical next uh, prince of the Dobro, <laughs> Todd Taylor to... <laughs> Mike Aldridge and Josh Graves, and then you have Jerry Douglas. Boom. Now, did you come in with with all the songs ready to go, or was it were you picking through songs and looking through files? And I sent Jerry about fifteen tunes, a couple of older ones, uh, one of which we did on the record, uh, a song called "Little Good Night," which I wrote when my thirty three year old daughter was born. But I had never recorded it, so that was kind of fun. And then we redid uh, a song, All the Lilacs in Ohio, which was on a record I put out in 2003. Everything else was, you know, relatively new. About five or six of them I wrote. I'd call them pandemic songs. We were both ready to do the record and everything, and one of the the cool things, especially for me, is we were going to use my band is going to be on the tour and did all the recording as well with John. So it just gave him a completely a different twist on John Hyatt. We didn't know what it was going to sound like either, which I was very excited about. Of course, we never do, really. But I'm interested, when you did, you know, All the Lilacs, which is, as you said, a song about almost 20 years old, I mean, who said, we got to do that song and, and put it in a very different, it's, it's still fast, it's still got a lot of energy, but it's a very different setting. Well, I sent it to Jerry because I thought with him and his band, you know, fiddle and upright bass and uh, dobro, that it would really lend itself to to the song. And I felt like the song, although I, I thought we it was a successful recording for what it was, but I felt like the story in the song might might have gotten a little lost. Uh, this, to me, is a little more focused in terms of being able to follow this story, which was basically uh, an idea I stole from uh, one of my favorite movies, um, Lost Weekend. And it was actually a line in the movie, Raymond Land talking to a Sam the bartender, telling him Ray plays a drunk who wants to write. <laughs> Weren't we all and don't we all want to yeah, we do. We've been through that part uh, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about this girl he's just met and they're in New York City and he says, you know, I go to see her and the, uh, the sunlight hits the gray of the drain pipe on her building and then she can't meet me at a, the assigned time but she sends a note down to be given to me by the doorman and I open it and it smells like all the lilacs in Ohio. Is that right? Is that what that came from? Yeah, I didn't I know stole that. It. Oh, that's well, it's, it's so beautiful. It's a beautiful story. And I'm from Ohio, and I never saw any lilacs in Ohio, so I really was concerned. Yeah. You should just be stealing songs from old movies, because like those old kind of tough guy, Ben Hecht dialogue. Listen, I'll steal f- from anywhere. Any idea that's laying about. So when you heard the songs, Jerry, now you've produced a lot of records, but what did you think? I mean, you knew it was going to be your band, but did a certain sound and a kind of atmosphere come to mind when you were going through the songs? Well, yeah, I always thought of us, the band, as an electric band. I mean, I didn't take away, we're making a record with John Hyatt. We're going to sound like John Hyatt, you know? We're just going to be chameleons and 
tap into whatever it is that he's hearing here, and we're just going to give it legs. The the song, All the Lilacs in Ohio, I heard it as like a sing-along for a lot of people in an audience, you know, when it gets to the line, All the Lilacs in Ohio. And it's a real easy thing for people to pick up and attach themselves to and sing it, you know, sing it loud. I thought it'd be a great live concert kind of song. I always kind of try to imagine us on stage playing songs for somebody. Well, that's interesting because it's pretty much all we did in the studio. Well, they were live performances. I played and sang live. What you, what I played is what you got. Yeah, the studio that we recorded in, RCA Studio B, was one of the first real recording studios in Nashville. It's owned by the Country Music Hall of Fame, and they let us go in there and record there. People don't usually record in there anymore. They run tours through there, so we got in during COVID, so there were no tours, so nobody to bother us, and we didn't have to tear down or anything, and so we just set up and recorded, but like nine months after we were supposed to. They gave us four days. We we made the record in four days. Did a few overdubs later, but the basic record was done in four days. Is that the fastest you've ever done a record? It's tied. Bring the Family was four days. It's a really good way to do it. That's a good omen. <laughs> you, you're so, you, you don't have time to overthink anything, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, you did the last one. Uh, Bring the Family you did with Nick Lowe, who's famous for not overthinking things. Yeah. No, he's no overthinker. Yeah. <laughs> he's an underthinker. <laughs> that, that could be the ne- his next album could be Nick Lowe, the underthinker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was where he got his nickname, the Basher. He his motto was "Bash it down, tart it up." That's how he made records. Mm-hmm. Bash it down, tart it up. But you didn't tart this one up. You just bashed it down. No, we bashed it down pretty much. Well, Jerry, they did a bit of tarting. They did that. Christian Stelmar and uh, and Daniel uh, and uh, put a little string section. These guys. What blows my mind about Jerry's band is these guys. These are young guys who are schooled musicians. And they can play anything. I mean, Jerry has them playing jazz, for goodness sake. But they can play songs. And that's, to me, that's a rare combination. They come from a country music background, you know, sort of. So they've played with country musicians, and, and, and country musicians sort of back up vocals in a different way than, than in a rock and roll tune or, you know, any other kind of music. You really listen to the singer and you try to emote as the singer does, and and try to uh, try accent the phrases that are really important in the line, and and you know there are just some some unwritten rules about how we do that here, especially in here Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, it's true. It's very true, and that's what happened. I mean, I felt like I was playing with a, a group of singers. We're just painting around them. Well, that's that's interesting because when I think of your playing, Jerry. You know, you are this virtuoso. You're the world's best, best-known dobro player. You're not to the dobro what like Eric Clapton is to the guitar. You're not going off on your own, or maybe you do, and I just don't haven't heard it. But I almost feel like I think I remember. I can remember the first song I heard you play on. It was "I Don't Believe I've Met My Baby" with Alison Krauss, and I can still remember that solo. If I could sing, I could sing it for you. But you have this very kind of melodic. It's not background, but how do you? compliment what's the singer's doing with with your and not overpower the singer with what you're doing i'll tell you he had ten thousand hours of schooling <laughs> in the nashville session tradition it's a discipline it is actually yeah yeah there are 
you know, don't step on the singer. You know, stay stay out of the singer's range. You know, don't detract because there's this thing, you know, the, the this sound spectrum that you don't want to cancel anything out. So you don't want to get up in the singer's range. You kind of stay away from the singer and stay around the singer and sometimes play nothing. Play, and playing nothing can, can speak volumes, you know, and, instead of playing notes. So when you say his range, you literally mean his vocal range you stay out of the vocal range yeah oh, i didn't i've never heard that you play above or below where i learned that was from brian Ahern, who produced uh emmy lou harris's first records and i was doing an overdub for brian and and he said that's all great except he said stay out of her range because you know you get up there we don't know which one of you it is you know and you might cancel out a, a note or something that she sings and so stay away from that little box that she's in and uh it works wow that's fa- i'd never heard that that's completely fascinating he's brilliant i mean brian Ahern, canadian toronto guy and uh just amazing producer but after the emmy lou stuff pretty much he's kind of stopped producing he was amazing and i learned a lot from him ricky skaggs did uh, rodney crowell all of the guys that surrounded you know in the emmy lou harris or- orbit we all learned how to make records from Brian. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, he's just a genius. I, I just feel that you've given me some secret that should be locked up somewhere. It seems like everybody kind of knows it, but it's unsaid. And when you say it out loud, you know, stay out of the singer's range. You listen to records and you, you hear that, you know. That's why you can hear what the singer is saying. As a singer and songwriter, from my point of view, I can tell you that there's plenty of musicians who do not go by that. (laughs) (laughs) And as Jerry was speaking, I was thinking, you know, it's not like he doesn't hit a note that I've sang at some point in the song. It's just where he does it. Mm -hmm. Do you guys want to play a song now and then we'll keep talking? Does that make sense? What a great idea. We'll play you a song. Here's a... The lilac, the famous lilacs from Ohio. That aren't in Ohio. You met her there on a New York City stair. You were throwing up on your shoes. To write the great book, well, it really had you shook with a bad case of wintertime blue. So you drank her down to the ragged side of town, shared a taxi to carry her home, and she left her handkerchief there beside you on the seat, as if to emphasize that you were all alone. Smelled like springtime, and you were just a boy. All the lilacs in Ohio There you go In the city streets in the dirty winter snow All the lilacs in Ohio, Ohio Well, she is the love story you speak of When you talk to Sam at the bar But it's in the details Your story always fails Yeah, close, but no cigar And you might see your own ass In a double whiskey glass But you cannot erase her smile And you'll never write it down 
never find her in this town of phantom dreams and fingernail fires. It was springtime and you were just a boy and all the lilacs in Ohio, all the lilacs in Ohio, there you go, in the city streets in the dirty winter snow, all the lilacs in Ohio. That's John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas with All the Lilacs in Ohio from their new album, Leftover Feelings. We'll be back with more after a quick break. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases. And... 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. 
Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. We're back with more from John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas. On a previous show uh, that Malcolm and Rick did with Jack White, uh, Jack White said you could never you could never write a good song about a Tesla. <laughs> oh, contraire, Jackie. Well, that, then you always had to write about, oh, you know, why is it we have to write about old technology? But then you wrote uh, the, first, the first song on this album, which is Dynamite, isn't about an electric Cadillac. Maybe because it's not a Tesla, it's a Cadillac. What made you want to write a song about an electric car? Well, first off, writing a song about a Cadillac is sort of in my DNA, I guess. I've probably written a couple. It's dreaming, you know, who, who wouldn't want an electric Cadillac that goes a thousand miles between charges? Bring it on, <laughs> you know. I'll order one if I can, you know, if I got the dough. I, I want an old one with an electric motor. Well, in sure, we can retrofit. I'm thinking about it now. Jack White's a, he's from Detroit. He shouldn't even say the word Tesla. That's probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, point taken. And Jack's, Jack, I get it. I get what he's saying. Absolutely. But it is true that a lot of the technology, like, you know, there's still train songs because people used to tell the time before they had watches by the trains. They still sing train songs, but everybody's got a watch now. In fact, nobody has a watch because everybody has a phone. And I, I can't think of a good country song about a cell phone. It's interesting you'd bring up trains. When I first came here in 1970, I lived on Music Row. In those days, it was a much more humble business. And all the publishing companies, all the riot songwriters' houses were next door to the publishing companies, which were in houses. And a lot of the studios were in houses. Coming from Indianapolis, I had, I had no clue what a country, how to write a country song or even what, you know. I mean, I knew about Hank Williams, and that was about it. But I got a deal with a publishing company, and I was in a house full of young, uh, ho hopeful songwriters. And I remember asking this kid from Birmingham, I said, so wh how do you write a country song? Because he was, you know, that was his thing. And he said, well, you're going to need a train song. <laughs> you need a train song, a murder ballad, yeah. Yeah. something to do with a fire. Did you write a train song then? I did, Train to Birmingham. And I wrote it when I was 19. You know, it's really because of this guy, Richard. I can't think of his last name. Why did you show up to Nashville to be a songwriter if you couldn't write a country song? I had met a guy named Bob Frank who was in Nashville, but he was from Memphis and he was a folk singer. He had a deal with Tree Publishing Company. I met him the year before I moved here, passing through Nashville. He said, man, you got to come down here. This is a good place. And so I went home and spent the year kind of trying to get a little dough together. And I, 18, I came down to Nashville in a $35 Corvair that I bought from a buddy. 
burn five quarts of oil on the way down <laughs> it's only a 300 mile trip <laughs> and uh check the gas and fill it up with oil God, <laughs> that was it and i came down here and i went to different publishing companies for the first few days and i made a tape which i thought was my opus uh, you know where i played all the instruments and we bounced them back between two uh wall and sack uh, stereo tape recorders i buddy had t- a pair of them and so i made my masterpiece and i brought it to nashville but it was all these stupid bad songs terrible songs trying to kind of be a rock guy i played them for three or four companies and struck out and i saved uh, the publishing company that bob frank wrote for i saved it till last tree tree publishing and i called the guy and said you know i'd like to for you to listen to some of my stuff and he said do you have a tape and i did but i lied and i said nope i don't have a tape because it wasn't getting me anywhere i said i'll have to come in and play them this turned out to be Larry Henley, who was the lead singer for the, was it the New Beats or the I Like Bread and Butter? You remember that song? I like bread and butter. Yeah. He worked for Tree. So that was the guy that I called, and he said, well, okay, it's, it, we don't usually do that, but come on in. And I sat down and sang him three or four songs, and I have no idea why they decided to signed me because it was just quirky singer-songwriter weird stuff didn't have anything to do with what was going on in nashville they were refreshed by that apparently i don't know but it was not good stuff but god bless him he brought the boss down buddy killing and they said well what do you want and i remembered what bob was getting as a an advance weekly advance and i said i want 25 dollars a week (laughs) they said said, okay (laughs) So, (laughs) so i was a professional songwriter wow and I thought I'd, you know, I thought I'd made it, for Christ's sake. Was it a good life? Did you like it? It's where I learned. I put in, what's Malcolm saying about 10,000 hours? 10,000 hours. I mean, I started the 10,000 hours when I was 11, but I was really started working on it when I got here. But you probably met a lot of people once you got here well, that exactly. kind of turned you on to how to how Oh, to absolutely. It. I mean, there was a guy, uh, Bobby Braddock, wrote for Tree at the time, Whew. and he wrote... Uh, you know, he stopped loving her today, yeah. and D-I-V-O-R-C-E, and, but he was a character, a lovely guy, and he was sort of my little mentor, you know, he sort of patted me on the shoulder, and, you know, kind of like, you know those quirky little songs you write, it's okay, just keep writing them. <laughs> you know? Just keep so, writing them. Yeah. He's been on the show two or three times, I think, he's like... He's pretty amazing. He's, yeah, an incredible yeah. guy. I, I want to talk about your next song on that, because, and I won't go through every song, but I thought it was so great after Long Black Electric Cadillac that you have a song called Mississippi Phone Booth that you know is not in the present day because, <laughs> well, maybe the, maybe I haven't been to Mississippi. Maybe there are a lot of phone booths there still, but I doubt it. I doubt there's even one. If there is a place where it has phone booths, it's in Mississippi. <laughs> so tell me about that song, how it came about. It was one of those COVID songs. I was reflecting, as when you hit my age, you tend to do. There's more behind you than there is in front of you, so they tell me. But anyway, I remembered sort of my last my last drunk, which was a spree, and I was down south. I, I had come to Nashville, made a record that I don't remember making, and then I rented a car. I brought a gal over from Holland who I'd met, and I said, I'm going to show you the south. And uh, we drove around. Uh, we drove to New Orleans, so uh, we drove to... Uh, coast of mississippi gulf coast i was uh, drinking quarts of vodka and 24 packs of beer and i had eight balls of cocaine being sent to me from my dealer in nashville and and then i couldn't stop uh, weeping and and i couldn't get drunk anymore and i couldn't get high anymore 
anymore. It was the most amazing thing. It just, this girl's sitting there like, what the hell am I even doing? You know, what's wrong with this guy? And uh, so anyway, I just, uh, it culminated at three in the morning at a phone booth at a gas station with the, just, just as that opening verse states, bugs everywhere, and the gas station light, and basically trying to call Home. I was. I was married. It's time for goodness' sake. Uh, it's kind of quali- quality life I was leading, and uh, at the time. But I called home and said, "I'm done." I like the line where you say, "Tell Jesus I'm out of dimes." <laughs> that is a great, just a great line. And maybe this is why songs about modern technology aren't as interesting because they don't connect people in the same way. You're talking to an operator, which I thought was yeah. so so lovely. Well, you know how how it went on long distance calls on the old phone booths. They'd interrupt you when you when your tie was up, and I'd be like, "Oh, wait, shit! I don't love you." Coins. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, conversation over. <laughs> I think the most atmospheric song in the album is. I keep wanting to say I'm in Nashville. It's I'm in Asheville. It was titled differently. I, I originally titled the song "Leftover Feelings," but the chorus, of course, is uh, "I'm in Asheville." Yeah, another winner of a fella yeah. in that one. I love that guy. <laughs> Leaving somebody and saying, I've messed up. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. At the same time, he's driving away. He's driving away. <laughs> he's kicking himself in the ass, but he can't stop doing it. Tell me, just as an example, Jerry, when you sat down to produce that, did you have an idea immediately when you heard the song, this is how it should sound, this is how I want the instruments to move in and out, or is this just something you sit down and people start playing in the studio? I think we sat down with the band and we just started playing. We we write charts, okay? We write we write out these musical charts that in Nashville it's a number system. So I sat down with the band and uh, we just started playing the song and it got this sound all on its own. Mike Seal was playing electric guitar and he had this really beautiful tone going on and and all of these things were really beautiful against this song that's so sad and so you want it grab this guy you know and straighten him out the whole time but there's this really placid music you know underneath it and it's beautiful the song itself is the chord structure and everything is just really beautiful and we just played to that we didn't really pay attention to the lyrics so much we separated ourselves from the lyrics and and just laid down this nice bed of music for these words for these heartfelt words to lie upon yeah it sounds like an, a collective ache that you guys made do you respond more to the lyrics on faster songs because you've got a couple almost rockabilly songs where you guys are louder and kind of rocking out a little more yeah this song dictated that we stay to the ground and not jump up you know no erratic behavior it went on the rockabilly kind of you know the faster songs with and we are listening to the words i didn't mean that we just Divorced ourselves completely Thank you, because from the you words. were hurting my feelings. <laughs> I, I knew that, and I saw the look on your face, so I'm straightening it Said, out. Oh, the right words, now. they were great, too. <laughs> the words were good, too, but we weren't really... All those words. <laughs> the faster songs, yeah, you are listening to the words to get clues about what to do, about how to play against it. We should, we should play that song. That would be great. I'm in Asheville, I'm sorry I guess I really dropped the ball In this game we were playing I 
thought I'd given it my own Just to get us back to zero Or on some scoreboard anyhow Sorry for throwing in the towel. As sunlight rolled the mountain and the rain it chased me down. I could feel the heat from your face. Lord, I almost turned around There's some things you can't come back from If there's some things you won't go through to me that I think one reason I love that song is you don't actually say anything about Asheville. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like usually people say... Nothing needs to be said about Asheville. Well, I'm not even going to ask you what Asheville means to you because it, it's... I don't want to wreck it for other people, but I love those songs that are about cities, but they don't say anything like, I'm in this city because it's cold, it's rainy, it reminds me. Yes. It's, it's it's like, um, that's how I got to Memphis by uh, Tom T. Hall. It's like, they, yeah, you don't yeah, know anything yeah, about Memphis. It. It's just yeah. it's just like if you got a broken yeah. heart, all this stuff. Well, that's how I got to Memphis. And you're like, okay. And it's also got the, and I'm going to get this wrong, some things you can't get back from. Some things you can't come back from if there's some things you won't go through. Yeah. That seems to me the theme of almost the entire album to me. <laughs> well, I didn't, I, I don't mean that in a funny way. I mean... So many of the narrators in this album are people, they're thinking back or they're trying to go back to things. 
yeah. and for whatever reason, they can't get there. And you've been through a lot, but you have to go through these things first. There's a lot of regret on that album about not being able to go back. Were you thinking that when you were writing it? I think it's less about regretting, just more about pointing that out. <laughs> I mean, some, some of it's look at where we've come. A lot of it's look at how, how far we've come. That, that's really the story at the end of the day. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more of Bruce Hedlum's conversation with John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast, Audible invites you to enter The Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. We're back with the rest of Bruce Hedlum's conversation with John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas. 
And just a quick heads up, there's talk of sexual assault in this next section. Tell me about Light of a Burning Sun. Yeah, that's pretty much a, just an accounting of my brother's... Uh, he took his own life. When he was 21, I was... He was the oldest of seven kids, and I was the next to youngest, so I was 11. It's like any kind of traumatic event in a person's life. I've sort of dealt with it, you know, as I've gone through life. I was relieved when I wrote the song. You have to kind of get some help and work on these things. But uh, I'm reminded of what Guy Clark used to say about his songs. He'd play a song and we'd go, oh, man, you know, we'd be stunned. And he'd go, yeah, you can't make that shit up. (laughs) And so so this was one that you you can't make that shit up. It's just a pretty much just an accounting. Why do you think it took you this long to to want to write that song? Things come when they come, and and it was such a, as I say, it was such a relief to write it. And I think I'd done some work. You know, the family basically blew apart. It's like it says in the song, the family basically exploded, as as families will when when a child uh, takes his own life, or even a child that dies. And I didn't really uh, know about recording it, to be honest with you, but I'd sent the song to Jerry, so I must have thought, that it was something to consider. I'm but glad I, you did. But anyway, Jerry, I said, Jerry, I don't know about that. I think I called you after I'd sent the songs. I said, you know, I don't know about that uh, a Light of the Burning Sun. It was pretty dark. I said that it, people need to hear this song. It is very, very personal. I mean, there are things down to, you know, found him in a cornfield, yeah, 21, 21 years, years old. old yeah. And, Which and is what the, the line that really got me in the song was talking about what his father did selling uh, burnt orange and avocado kitchens all across the Midwest. I mean, we've all been in houses that had those, you know, an avocado refrigerator or stove or... Hey, he put one one in for my mom. That's right. Yeah. There was so much personal stuff about it, but it's happening a lot. People need to hear it and, and need to just need to raise the consciousness and raise the awareness of it. I worked around that song. That was We framed that one in. How do you mean you worked around the song? I put it in a place in the record for a couple of different reasons. It was right after, uh, you know, a pretty raucous kind of song, you know, before it, the record needed to come down, to needed to make a dip. And also, when you're making vinyl records, like we're talking about records now, vinyl records, the closer you get to the center of the album, the more distortion you pick up. So you can't put a real loud song in the middle because it's going to be distorted. You're going to hear so much cross-talk. I mean, the, the grooves get very, very small. You mean it like at the end of side one when you're making a record? Yeah, exactly. At the end of side one, end of side two, you always put a quieter song there. Uh, you know, And I put a little space between it, too, so on a cd so you get you actually get a chance to think about it before the next song hits you you mean you kind of built in a side one and a side two on the cd <laughs> even though I there did. isn't no such thing i did i, I put a little more That's good thinking put more space in there speaking of old technology are you still thinking about records i'm still thinking about records even if i'm making it doesn't matter what we're making i think about pacing according to well, the way we used to do vinyl well, you know, records now make more money than CDs. How about that? They outsold CDs last year. Yeah, absolutely. Are all the songs, details in the song, like he wanted, your, your brother wanted to have a clothing store? He did. He wanted his own clothing store. My father put him to work. 
he was a sole proprietor, sold kitchen equipment, and he was a very clever guy. He had his own team that would go. He went to these home shows, and he would show women shopping for new kitchens what he could do what magnificent kitchen he could install for them. And in those days, there was no digital support or anything. So he had these little tiny, you know, miniatures of cabinets, and he could arrange them around on, on you know, on a 24 by 24-inch surface. He was a good salesman. He was excellent. And he was a great storyteller. So he put my brother to work, and my brother didn't want to sell kitchens. He was the golden child, as it states. And my mother adored him. There was a lot of weight I know people who've lost kids, and in retrospect, they're often, well, you know, that was the one, and, and, you know, they don't want to say I loved him or her the best. But at the time, were you conscious that your brother was the golden child, as you say? I'm just going to let it all hang out, okay? I knew he was the golden child. I worshipped him. He was so cool with the skinny ties and the skinny pants, and he was so hip that he put on a dance and actually brought Joey D and the Starlighters from New York City. These kids, he got these kids together, 19, and rented this place and had Joey D and the Starlighters play. You know, Peppermint Twist, for God's sake, in Indianapolis, Indiana. But uh, he was also uh, a predator, a sexual predator. And uh, he raped me when I was very young. So he was my hero. Uh, he also was uh, had abused me. So... <laughs> It was it was a it was a lot to unopen over the years, and it took me a lot of time. Yeah, I'm not the only one, you know. Yeah. I talk about my abuse because I think it can help other people as well. I know plenty of guys that were abused when they were little kids. Mm-hmm. Did you have to forgive that part of him in a sense before you could write the song? I guess the song was probably the final bit of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I forgave him a long time ago. I know, I mean, I know that it wasn't uh, who he, you know, wanted to be and that he was driven. You know, this stuff comes, this stuff, it's like a, some of these genes, they come out of the womb attached to you from generations past, you know. So there's no telling what propelled him to, uh, you know, have a life that was uh, so, so heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, you said it, there are some things you can't get back from. There are some things you won't go through, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, God, I mean, you, t- you turn to your left or turn to your right, and you, f- you can talk to a person who's had a, a hell of a harder ride than you have, you know. That's my, that's my experience, anyway. I just want to ask about two more songs, which is Changes in My Mind and Sweet Dreams, which sort of feel like two sides of the same coin to me, a little bit. One a little downbeat, one more upbeat. Changes in my mind, it's got, that, it's, it's got a very complex line, which is you find changes in your mind in somebody else's heart. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, I just think of my own marriage of 35 years, and my mind has been changed by the love of my wife. Continually, that's what happens to me. Maybe I do that as well with her and with my kids. I don't know. You know, there's something about music when you're performing music or playing music you can have the worst argument of your whole life you get in the studio or wherever you are playing the music as soon as you start to play the music it goes away all that stuff that's talking about the heart of music which that's is, the saving which grace so of what we do yeah i mean because we're all tortured but when we get strap on these guitars and and go out there and not even perform for people but just perform just play 
it salves anything that's going on inside you that you don't know what to do with. It actually is more than a Band-Aid. It gives you a time, time to think about it. It's healing. All right, well, I'm going to leave it to you guys to figure out how do you think we should round this out? What do you want to play, Jerry? Let's play Sweet Dreams. Okay, cool. Sweet I Dreams. That. I like that. Eating honey from the casket And I thought about you Haven't been in that neck of the wood I guess I'm long overdue It's getting hard to leave this hollow My family's been 200 years Oh, but let me go a little while Till this sweet dream disappear I was up on Bear Mountain Hitchhiking in the dark Not a headlight for hours Things were looking pretty stark now I think about that starry night Oh, my eyes well up with tears Let me cry a little while Until this sweet dream disappears Slept one time in New Jersey By the side of the road thought about your warm heart as I shivered in the cold now I've stayed in fancy hotels with crystal chandelier let me stay here for a little while until this sweet dream disappears From a shoe salesman He said I'd never come this way Ever since they built the new road I don't know why I did today That's getting harder to travel It gets harder every year Oh, but let me go a little while Until this sweet dream disappears Eating honey from the catskill And I thought about you 
haven't been in that neck of the woods I guess I'm long overdue We were a long time together And I've kept your memory near Let me stay here for a little while Till this sweet dream disappears Let me stay here for a little while Until this sweet dream disappears That was just beautiful. I think I spoke too soon, though, about Jerry, because you started to tear it up there a little bit. I, I think maybe when you tour, you should be the first guy ever to smash a dobro on stage when you're done. Just, just he's a perfectly good dobro. Yeah, just, just at the end, just one night at the end, just get a, a fake one and just smash oh, it. Oh, I've what got people. one that I want to do that too, but I just can't. Just bring do it out it. with you, Jer. Just bring it out. Now's the time. Will you help me break Now's it? Now's the time. That was wonderful. This was such a thrill, and the album is so beautiful. Everybody should listen. Thank you. It was a real pleasure talking with you. Thanks to John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas for singing and chatting so candidly with Bruce. You can check out all of our favorite John Hyatt and Jerry Douglas songs at brokenrecordpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brokenrecordpodcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Martin Gonzalez, Eric Sandler, and Jennifer Sanchez. With engineering help from Nick Chafee, our executive producer is Mia Lobel. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you love this show and others from Pushkin, consider becoming a Pushnik. Pushnik is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushnik exclusively on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. At the music by Kenny Beats, I'm Justin Richmond. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. 
Just go to Musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.